Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, Cell Therapy Manufacturing, Opportunities and Challenges. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Dr. Robert Preddy, CEO and President, Hitachi Chemical Advanced Therapeutic Solutions, and General Manager, Regenerative Medicine Business Sector, Hitachi Chemical Company Limited. Dr. Preddy is a co-founder and visionary behind the successful growth and development strategy of PCT. On October 2nd, 2017, PCT was renamed Hitachi Chemical Advanced Therapeutic Solutions. Upon PCT's acquisition by Hitachi Chemical Company, Bob's role expanded to General Manager Regenerative Medicine Business Sector of Hitachi Chemical, responsible for development, management, and oversight of the global business operations of Hitachi Chemical's Regenerative Medicine Business Unit. Bob built Hitachi Chemical Advanced Therapeutic Solutions to meet a recognized need for high-quality manufacturing and development services in an emerging industry. Bob is currently chairman for the Alliance for Regenerative Medicine, where, among other activities, he previously served as vice chairman and in other roles. Bob holds a BS degree in biology from Fordham University and an MS degree and doctorate both in biology from New York University. Can you describe for listeners some of the key challenges that the cell therapy industry faces right now? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, It's really a wonderful question that uh, we've been struggling with for a long time and trying to create and trying to create the industry, uh, recognizing the potential of these cell therapy products, these regenerative medicine products to cure diseases. Uh, we have a lofty challenge in front of us, and we have been looking to try to address the challenges mostly from our perspective in from the manufacturing side by looking at factors such as quality and robustness of production, the cost of goods associated with doing that, the ability to scale the products as the demand scales, and the ability to sustain manufacturing Uh, throughout the commercial life of the product. Some of the key challenges that the industry faces right now are, oddly enough, the same challenges that have faced us for the past 20 to 30 years, although definitely solutions have been forming around the very unique challenges that face the industry. The primary challenge that we face is that these cellular products have the ability have an incomplete ability to be able to be characterized because the mechanism of action of these products, the way they work when they're in the body, is not completely clear. Um, More recent products on the market, such as the genetically manipulated cells, have a much clearer picture of what the mechanism of action is intended to be and what is proposed to be. But even in those products, Our ability to really determine exactly how these products work makes it very difficult to actually characterize them because of the complexity of the way the products work and our incomplete understanding of that. Just to say a little bit more about that in opening remarks, the use of cells to treat therapy is a recognition that we don't fully understand the basis of the disease, and we have in large part, abdicated the responsibility of mechanism of action to the cell. And we said to the cell, we're not exactly sure how to cure the disease, but we know you can figure it out. 
and maybe we need to do some genetic manipulation, maybe we have to do some expansion, maybe we have to do some cell modification, put the cells in the right way, in the right place. We have to try to find the right mode. But once you're in there, you can figure it out, like our standard drug therapies today and small molecule therapies just can't quite figure out to affect cures and to advance beyond palliative care into the area of actually stable long-term cures. That's a great dream, and we believe that that is exactly what the cells are in there to do. But by abdicating the mechanism of action to the cell, we are admitting that we don't really understand what it does. And why is that a problem? The problem is that when we go to characterize the cell and to determine whether after all the manufacturing that we're doing has actually created the cell with the right characteristics to affect the mechanism of action, we really can't do that because we don't know all of the elements of the characterization that will give us absolute proof that the product meets with those specifications of potency. Uh, that's unlike any other industry that's come before us, any other of the healthcare, medical industry, and drug development, where you can get a very clear idea of what the product looks like. And where the challenge comes from for us then, from a manufacturing standpoint, is the manufacturing processes which are developed in research laboratories initially around the world are difficult to form into commercial processes because change has to be made to the manufacturing processes. And when you make the changes to the manufacturing process, you really have to question how did that change the final product? And without a clear understanding of what that final product needs to look like, a complete understanding, it's difficult to know whether the changes that you made actually will create changes in the final product. So that's the same challenge that's faced us for a long time and probably will continue to face us simply because of the nature of the products by having complex cell products that we don't fully understand how they work. Thank you for that. I think that's just such a clear explanation of the challenge and I haven't heard it quite described exactly that way, but I really I love that uh, that explanation. In your talk, you're going to highlight uh, the past, present, and future of cell therapy manufacturing. And I'm curious, where do you think the industry has made the most progress, and what were the most significant milestones? Well, the, where the industry has made the most progress is not in the manufacturing side, unfortunately uh, for us from the manufacturing side. Uh, where the industry has made the most progress and the most significant milestones are on the ability to demonstrate pure potency um, in the uh, genetically modified cell uh, cells such as the CAR-T products. And these have really changed the industry and have created clinical and commercial milestones, uh, such as with Yescarta and Chimera and other products that are coming down the pike, where seeing how clearly these products work regulatory authorities are allowing for accelerated approvals. And the accelerated approvals have pushed these products into the clinic slightly ahead of our ability from a CMC standpoint, from a manufacturing standpoint, to catch up um, and to create manufacturing processes that, as I mentioned earlier on in my opening remarks, have a quality and robustness profile, a reasonable cost of goods that can scale and are sustainable 
throughout the commercial life of these products. So we find ourselves in a CMC, from a CMC uh, perspective, to be slightly behind the curve now and scrambling to catch up, which, which is really an interesting place um, to be. The Where the cell therapy manufacturing has hit milestones and where it really has seen the most progress is in the industry's understanding of what do we need to do to get these products to be high quality, reasonable, cost of goods, scalable, and sustainable. Our approach at our company has been to look at these products, to take the manufacturing processes apart, separate them out into unit operations, and to begin to understand on a unit operation by unit operation basis where the process capability challenges are, doing risk assessments from a quality, cost, scalability, and sustainability perspective, not just on the entire manufacturing process, but on each discrete individual unit operation, and then evaluating and or building different tools and technologies to do a better job, improve the process capabilities on a unit operation by unit operation basis. The value of this approach is that if we control very carefully all the little small bites that lead up to the large bite, we can eat that elephant one bite at a time understanding that a process change on one single unit operation, if we control that carefully or not, should not affect the final product. So we can much more carefully do product development. The I would say that for us, the number one trigger for this has been that the engineers have finally entered into this field. Uh, this was a, a field of biology, a field of science um, alone for a long time regulatory um, finance and a number of other uh, enabling groups have come in over the years. But over the past 10 years, we've seen the entry of engineers. We started about that time our innovation and engineering uh, group, where we have a center that is led by one of the uh, leading authorities in engineering, Brian Hampson, um, who, who has been able to already create manufacturing processes in the past. Um, in an automated way, and it's not just about automation, but it's about using engineering and innovation to one by one uh, address these unit operations and create products that can be delivered um, in a, a robust and significant way. And I would say that that's probably where, at the moment, that's probably where the uh, most of the efforts being spent in the CMC field. Um, and that's a good thing because I believe that this will be the answer to creating uh, the products that meet those criteria that I mentioned before. And in terms of thinking about the future, what are the most critical areas where we need to make progress? Yeah, I think that the um, the, the most critical area is, is, again, it's being made now. And I, I think it's that it goes back to, to the engineering approach. It goes back to having standards by which we can create our manufacturing environments in various groups, such as the Alliance for Regenerative Medicine, um, of which I'm currently serving as chair, and other groups, uh, ISO and NIST and others have gotten together in a standards coordinating body and trying to put together the some standards by which we can all begin to communicate and work. 
and standards have allowed, the creation of standards have allowed so many industries to accelerate in the past that it's just a natural place for us to be. And certain st standard projects uh, created the biologics industry or allowed the framework around which the biologics industry uh, now grow continues to grow, but certainly made its initial uh, growth from a little boutique industry to a major force in healthcare. And I believe that's where we need to be putting our efforts, um, putting our efforts now. The other place is that while we're doing that, it's really in the sophistication of the groups that are doing development work. It's the understanding from those that have companies um, and those in industry that have these very creative and high potential products to really begin to understand that there's a business model consideration to be able to done. It's not that that needs to be addressed. It's not just about the manufacturing process per se but it's about the business models that will be used. It's about trying to come up with the proper regular uh, reimbursement uh, environment, the proper regulatory environment. You need the legislative support. There are so many different angles. And if the field has made um, any progress at all, it's certainly made it in the fact that all the critical elements are now in place. Um, and that groups such as ARM have pulled those groups together, allowing us to to, to really accelerate the um, commercial growth of the industry, the entry into commercial. And then finally, you know, we're, we're, we're recommending, many of us are seeing and putting the infrastructure together that this industry is growing within each geographic region, but it is now breaching geographic regions in ways that it has never breached before, that companies in Japan and in Europe and in the United States, the major markets, are, are all looking to the other regions to continue to develop their products. And so companies such as ours are putting up the infrastructure to be able to handle uh, this global demand in a consistent and unified and harmonized way. It is such an exciting time. And as someone who's followed this over the last 15 years or so, it is uh, really interesting and and thrilling to see the progress that's been made and and to see uh, you know where it's going and and think about uh, where it's go where it's headed in the future I'm wondering if we could turn uh, just to manufacturing for a moment and I was curious what advancements do you think need to be made to meet the manufacturing demands of next generation therapies the manufacturing paradigms that released the biologics industry that Create that allowed us to be able to make large-scale small molecules and antibodies in a way that was high quality and robust at reasonable cost of goods and was scalable and certainly sustainable over the commercial life of those products was an engineering feat that required the shift from upstream and downstream manufacturing to be boutique, to be industrial, from boutique to industrial. And that industrialization of the manufacturing process happened when the paradigm shifted from labor-intensive cocktail-making to platforms, to the ability to describe and develop platforms that could, upon which, multiple different small molecules and antibodies and the like could be made. Um, today, there exist a number of different platforms 
for such development, um, but really they don't exist today in the regenerative medicine area. Uh, we are still at a very highly manual, highly boutique, product-specific manufacturing paradigm that has a fair degree of complexity associated with it. And complexity makes it very, very difficult to be consistent. So we are building a superior delivery platform. Many people are looking to try to figure out what does that look like now so that we can layer multiple products on top of the platform and be able to simplify, to remove some of the complexity, which will remove the cost, improve the quality, make these ultimately scalable and sustainable throughout the life of the product. Well, thank you so much. Those are the questions that I have today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add for our listeners? Um, Nothing other than what you said. This is um, the most exciting time to be in this industry. Um, you know, I've been doing this now for about 30 years, and it's it's truly feels like this is the time. Uh, you know, we've had a number of inflection points over the years. Uh, we've had some setbacks. Uh, we had a back in the late 1990s, uh, there was a, a death that's a famous death that was associated with a gene therapy that essentially shut the industry down, the gene therapy industry for a long time. Um, today, we can have deaths associated with clinical trials. These things happen, and the field keeps moving. The momentum keeps building. Um, we're recognizing now the multiple, uh, multifunctional and multifaceted, multidimensional requirements for the industry. Uh, as I mentioned, there are groups out there like the Alliance for Regenerative Medicine and others that are convening all of those groups from patients um, through to the regulators and to finance and everybody that's required um, in order to make this field a success. And it just feels so right now. It feels like we're on much more stable ground. Uh, big pharma companies are entering into the space in a big way, putting big uh, financial bets down uh, because they're recognizing now that they're buying platforms, they're buying ideas, they're buying uh, entry into what the next generation of medicines will look like, the next pillar of medicine, which is regenerative medicine. So it's a great time to be in the field, It's a great, and it's really tremendous for, uh, for patients everywhere around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing-related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.